Welcome back. I'm here again with Daz Smith. Daz, welcome Hi. back. Yeah, nice to see you again. It's great to see you as well, and thank you for appearing on the show. So we're going to talk about a perennial favorite here on the show, which is esoteric targets. Now, I'm going to start with a more conventional one because I think it's intriguing, and I think you have a lot to add on this particular topic. So Havana syndrome, what is it? Well, I just run this as a project with my group of reviewers called the Hellfire Club. And in this case... Oh, and by, by the way, for people who don't know what Havana Syndrome is, it is a, a malady that U.S. diplomats and intelligence personnel working at embassies around the world, I believe particularly in Cuba is where it first yeah. started, had certain weird medical effects that were unexplainable which they loosely grouped into something called Havana syndrome. And whether or not they've come to a conclusion what it is, I don't know. I suspect they have, but I haven't seen anything publicly. But you ran a project with a number of remote viewers to try to figure that out. So what what did you find? Well, this was um, literally, it's not even finished. I'm analyzing the data now. And we're, we're within a matter of, I guess, a couple of weeks, we'll be putting out our or live remote viewing kind of data on this for you know for the public so i yeah i was project manager on this one rather than a remote viewer and you know i had no preconceived ideas over this it was just one target on a list of like 120 i've got that i kind of think yeah these would be interesting targets if we ever get to them so i just picked that one at random and i was quite amazed by the data i had i think i had around about eight remote viewers were at the target and collectively they came back with lots of overlapping data on energy and energy movement and lots of information on sound as well i think sound may be a key component in what's happening with this with this effect and the way it interferes with people two of the remote viewers were dementioned russia and russian as well lots there was lots of talk in the data about military uniforms military bases and what seemed to be like satellites or something in in space something using a lens and again because we're remote viewers I don't know any. I don't know anything about microwave weapons or technologies. You know, all I can do is look at the data and say, well, this corroborates with what they're getting. It could have some kind of credence to, to what's going on there. They also detailed lots of stuff which I found really interesting, and I think most of the remote viewers out of the seven or eight detailed something about an underground facility being involved as well. And they also detailed. A lot of underwater stuff, which I don't quite understand how that would fit with the target, but it was like every single remote viewer was getting something to do with some kind of structure and underwater. And I have no idea how that would fit with this target if they're using beam kind of like microwaves, because I, I, I don't think you can do that kind of thing through water for a start. I would have thought it would probably have to be line of sight. I, I, do, not, I do not know. But it's very interesting data. And I got lots of sketches of components, lots of sketches of what looked like satellites beaming stuff. And we do have some descriptions from remote viewers of people going through very bad experiences like PTSD, which is like, I think, some of the symptoms that have been recorded in these cases. I mean, I can come up with a quick explanation, but it could be complete bunk, right? But satellites could be related because if, if the... Russians had a specific target in mind, like a ambassador or intelligence officer. You just plant a chip on the guy and you can target that individual specifically 
with with something now subs i don't know if there are any embassies on the waterfront you have a submarine that emerges and has some sort of a acoustic weapon Mm -hmm. that can pinpoint what that target is via satellite when you say sound do you know what the symptoms of havana syndrome are off the top of your head it is almost like uh confusion almost like covid type symptoms really you know heart kind of issues as well feeling generally sick buzzing kind of tinnitus kind of stuff yeah so it's it's a whole it's like a whole range of like covid type symptoms if i'm honest with you yeah so so one thing about infrasound is that most people can't hear it but you can cause a lot of distress to a human by you know, because sound is all about frequency and being able to pick up the frequency, but you can you can send a very high decibel signal that could literally make your ears bleed, but you wouldn't hear the sound. Yep. So again, I'm grasping at yep. straws with very little evidence, but well, yeah. if you're interested, what I can do is that when we come off the line of this, I do have it's not up online yet because I haven't compiled a video. But I can give you access to a Zoom call I had with the remote viewers where I because I got them all online and, you know, I allowed them 10 minutes each to go through, quickly scan through their remote viewing data so and have a look at it. So I can send you the link. I can put that online and send you links. And maybe if you have a quick look at it, you can give me give me some. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I obviously won't publish any of it because that's for you. That's for your site. And it's remote viewed, which is the your YouTube channel, which I think is an excellent and fascinating channel mm-hmm. that i definitely recommend and that's your group the hellfire club it's so a bit it's, weird um, one, but it's based you know it's, it's made, been made quite popular this last few months because of stranger things but i got oh, yeah, the name yeah. a year or two ago because it was essentially the hellfire club was named after a group of 18th century uh english gentlemen that used to meet in secret to discuss esoteric and these these kind of things and that's essentially what we do as a, a group we we only really look at esoteric type targets although I set this target up and I don't think, I'm not sure it's got some kind of esoteric thing behind it other than it's a, it's a bit of a mystery why these people are, are ill. So here's why there might be some sort of esoteric connection. But again, it, there could be other things too. Prior to this show, you and I discussed the work of Dr. Gary Nolan, who's out here in California at Stanford Medical School. And he had looked at some of the victims of Havana syndrome. But at the same time, he had also reviewed or done brain scans of pilots and intelligence folks who have had, let's just say, paranormal experiences, usually UAPs, things like that. And what he found is that there was a structure in the brain, which I think is primarily responsible for learning, called the caudate and the Potomac, where there was a massive overlap in the number of neurons connecting the two pieces of tissue. And initially it looked like scarring. And the question is, which I don't think I've ever seen answered was, was that change in the brain structure or difference in brain structure than, you know, the, the average person always like that with these particular individuals, making them more susceptible to both effects or was it caused by the effect of observing a UAP or the effect of whatever is happening with the Havana syndrome. The other thing that was disturbing about it is a quarter of these patients subsequently died. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that 
in a long to make a long story short, that may have had an impact on why you're getting yeah. kind of this esoteric connection. Because, you know, does Savannah syndrome have anything to do with UAP sightings? It might have nothing to do with it, right? Absolutely. But because Gary Nolan, who's associated with both, may have had some impact on on that. Yeah. Just a thought. You know, and that's interesting as well, because coincidentally, I didn't know that that Gary had done the Havana people. I knew about the hitchhiker effect people, because the previous project that we did, which was, you know, I, I was actually a remote viewer on that I worked blind, was looking at the person from the the books hunt for skinwalker alleged actual name axelrod right and and his you know how and what the hitchhiker effects that happened to him was uh, and i did a really in-depth remote viewing session on that you know detailing all his medical illnesses and how it how it occurred and everything which for him were all esoterically uh uap based so yeah that's that's an interesting coincidence that why did i pick this target straight after that target, not knowing that Gary Nolan had been involved in both of them. Let's talk about So I actually watched that episode last night. It was absolutely fascinating. And what I was most fascinated by was a number of things that you, you mentioned that are actually go beyond that, which are the smell of cinnamon, right? I, I definitely caught that, which is often associated with grays. Yes. Um, and that the first reference that I know of where that came about was from Whitley Strieber's communion okay. where he described, you know, they smelled like gray. There was also some other awful smell. The second thing that struck me was the view that he was being transformed in some way. Yeah. And it was a multi generational process as opposed to a multi year process because of the, step change it might have. And, and you mentioned something very briefly about children and, and and things like that associated with those changes. Say more about that. I thought that was intriguing. Yeah. The thing is, I've done several of these UAP type targets and other targets as well on a similar vein. And that seems to be a theme that comes out in, in all of them. You know, and again, I'm doing these targets blind, so I don't know essentially what I'm looking at. I'm just recording the data as it comes in. But there seems to be a theme almost like the Earth is weirdly some kind of exploratory type garden. And they're like, you know, and they've actually, because in the in these remote viewings, it's almost like I'm having a conversation sometimes with these non-human life forms. I don't call them aliens because I don't think we know what they are. Right. Like, we we don't. For non-humans <laughs> at this stage. And they seem to well, or they might not be non-humans for all we know. I, yeah. I just they're just you know non-contemporary humans. Yes, they're just entities. Yes. Whatever whatever yes. they are, they're entities. And they seem to indicate that they're almost like like gardeners tending us as a garden, and they almost see us as uh, as we see and, uh, humans hate when I talk about this kind of stuff. They almost see us as like cattle, like you know how we look upon the cows and the things we farm and we eat and stuff, they they have that kind of relationship and look at, uh, upon us. But I think there's a little bit of something else there as well because they do seem very, very interested in how conscious how our consciousness works. And I've seen that across many, many of the remote viewing sessions as well and projects that I've worked. And consciousness is the key, you know, is the key to driving the craft and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, they they see us along these very strange kind of like 
tending a garden kind of way towards us, but in a way that's very detached as well. You know, I. But the, uh, of any encounter, you know, that might not be uh, across the board for all interactions. Just some of the ones that I have, I've had, seem to be very detached in a way that it wouldn't hurt. It would they, you know, if we died in some way, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a major thing for them. They just kind of move on to the, to to the next cow or animal kind of situation. But there so when is you say they're very, very, they're very interested in our consciousness. Is it because? There's something about our consciousness that they don't have that they want, or is it just they're very interested in upgrading our consciousness or helping us develop it in some way? I think it's probably the feeling I get from it, because you have to bear in mind as well, this is all very subtly the, the, it kind of implied and, and communicated. It's probably a bit of both of those. They're very, they, I, when I've had these kind of interactions at, at times, they've been very, I'm trying to find the right words here, almost like shocked it, that we don't understand as, a, as a, a larger community of humans how powerful we actually are and what we actually have within within us as a consciousness and, and, and the power that that has to, to do anything, go anywhere. And that a lot of us on the planet just seem to be ignorant of that fact. So that that they they find that quite surprising, but they're also very intrigued by how our consciousness works and some of the things it can do, uh, which I don't think they can do, or they don't. I don't think they can do in a in the same way as us. They have their own skill levels and things that they can do, but I think there are things that we can do that are actually almost like shock them, and that's what they're trying to study in how we've gone in a different direction. Yeah, this is. This reminds me of the, and Lynn Buchanan didn't describe it exactly this way, but one of my commenters did actually, but I think it's a good description, is that from a psychic standpoint, humans are AM, like AM radio, which yeah. is not as sophisticated, but has a much longer range in space than FM radio. FM radio is very clean and clear and much more powerful. Yeah over short distances. And his view of us was that with things like remote viewing, we're very useful in terms of being able to see anywhere in space and time. Whereas in his experience, they were very, they had like the UFO had to be very close to use or the entities had to use their telepathic abilities. Like it was, there was definitely a range associated with it. Whereas with humanity, there's not a range, but we're not nearly as, mm. you know, able to do that some of the same or have the yeah. same bag of tricks, at least now. Yes. But again, this is all conjecture, speculation based on his experiences. Yeah. Is that the same sense that you had, or was it? Yeah, that different? would. That, I mean, I haven't heard that before, but that kind of resonates. Actually, that would that would make sense. Yes, definitely, it, it does feel something like that. You know, we feel the same on some levels, but. There's something different going on, and you know we know from you know experiences that have been recorded with with these guys and what they do with materializations and craft and stuff. You know they obviously have a level that's way more powerful and different than what we can do. But I do think, yeah, they seem they seem to be very surprised in some things that we can do that they don't seem to be able to. But I don't, I can't specify exactly what that is, and I haven't been given it as a target to to look at it's just something that i've picked up in in some of the uh, forays into into uh, the uf 
UAP type targets that I've had to do. Now you also mentioned, or not you, but in in one of these episodes, let me that's really good. <laughs> all over the place. One of these episodes, another remote viewer who may have been viewing the Skinwalker Ranch target, but may have been viewing another target. I can't recall off the top of my head, but she also had one of these interchanges with these entities and they called her flat brand. And the one reason that stuck with me is I wonder if they literally meant that. And by literal, I mean, perhaps one of the limitations that we have is we only live in four dimensional space. If you include time as a dimension and we can't perceive a you know higher physical dimension, which would in effect make us flat-brained. Yeah. Is there any connection there with that sort of thing, like a perception of reality that we're not seeing? It's just simply a fourth physical dimension or or something like that. Oh, definitely, yeah. And you know, some of the uh, again, the non-humans have have communicated that in in some of the targets that I worked on that there's a uh, that there. Are, there's a lot out there you know we only we're only able to experience and see and feel a minute amount that of everything that's actually going on around us as these human beings that's going on that's why you know after these kind of kind of subtle communications i'm totally aware that you know we're not alone in the universe and i don't know if they're alien i don't know if they're non-physical i you know when i've even looked at some of the craft the amazing thing is, you know, I'm trying to track RV with the craft and move as it moves across the sky. And I'm I'm knowing that one second it's there and it's actually a physical craft. And then because of the way it moves, it actually becomes non-physical for a few seconds. So these craft and these life forms that I'm seeing, they're both physical and non-physical at the same time. They can they can be either. You know, and they can so they they almost yeah they almost materialize in and out of dimensions that we just we just don't have access to at this stage. Yeah, and there's also there's just so much we don't understand about. I think we just as of I don't know 2015 maybe we finally confirmed that gravity was a wave, right? With these LIGO experiments at Caltech and yeah. you know things like that. So you know we can theorize it, but they used to think these things were caused by gravitons and yeah. but gravity's a wave apparently so but there are lots of strange effects with gravity yes. once you start manipulating gravity so you know as an example i'm probably going to get this i'm probably going to get this wrong i think the closer you are you know, the deeper you are in a gravity well time moves slower yeah right so yeah. If time moves slower, so the age of the inner core of the Earth is a different age than the outer core of the Earth. Yeah. It's very yeah. subtle. Yes, yeah, like minute, yeah, mini. It's minute, but there is a difference. And, and and your cell phone wouldn't work if we didn't know about this effect. Yes. Yeah. Right. So part of it could be if you're able to manipulate gravity in those ways, time is going to be different. Yes, yeah, and just by doing remote viewing experiments and you know thousands of these, we know that time in our linear way of thinking just 
it just doesn't work. It just doesn't exist. You know, I mean, I've done targets where done the remote viewing for the target and the target doesn't exist and the target won't be uh, won't happen as an event until a month in the future but then it won't be chosen as a target until two months into the future by someone but i've still done it two months previously and after the whole chain of events whatever i've done even though i don't have a number to focus on or anything it's been accurate to what the uh, is actually chosen by someone two months into the future as being the original target so when you did it though, were you looking for another target? No, no, it's set. So, so for it was like a series of projects I did for the Farsight Institute. So in like let's let's use today's month now in November, I would just do a remote viewing target, thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to be remote viewing an event that's going to happen sometime next month, but it won't be chosen at that target by someone who's randomly going to choose it in January. They're going to look. They're going to be in January. They're going to look back through all the top news from December and choose a target for for me. But I'm actually doing the target in November that they're going to choose in January for something that happens in December in between those two dates. And, and I'm doing that, and I'm getting accurate hits. It's, yeah, it's, it's um, just mind. It's mind bending. You think to yourself, how is that? How is that possible? You know, the chain of events that has to happen for that person two months in the future to look back a month, choose a target. For me, then a month before that to even do the target and then match it up as being completely accurate. It's just like, so yeah, it's time is so malleable. It just, uh, time doesn't exist in remote viewers. But there is a weird thing in that when we do look at stuff in the future, and you know, this is across all remote viewers now doing this, and many thousands of us have been doing this for decades now, we have massively less accuracy when looking at future-based targets than we do from present and past-based targets. Huh. My my ongoing accuracy looking at future-based targets is roughly around about 65, maybe 67% accurate. And I know that my targets, when I'm looking at past and present-based targets, is way above that. It's way in the 80s, 80, 90% accurate most of the time. So I've asked Lynn Buchanan about this, and I've also asked David Morehouse about it. And Lynn Buchanan's view is the the rock and the bug analogy, Right. Yeah. Like there are certain events in time that are rocks that are just you can't change, yeah. right? Like you might have an asteroid that's set to hit because, but that was set into motion ten million years ago somewhere else, right? It's going to hit. Yeah. But then there's also the bug, right? If you're a frog and you're trying to, you see a bug up at the next lily pad, and you and you know it's there, your very act of leaping toward the bug is going to cause the bug to change its yeah. location. Yeah. So there's some impact of that. What Morehouse would say, that's a Lynn Buchanan version. What Morehouse would say is that there's the further out you're away from the, you go out in the event arc of time, there's just more variability in, yeah. in outcomes, right? It's just like, if you imagine like a fan, yes. the farther out, the, the wider you, that standard distribution of outcomes is going to be, Yes. So it's just going to be a much more volatile hit. But now when I say that to Lynn Buchanan or give him some version of that, though, he kind of says, no, 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 no. There are certain cases way out in time that you could be correct yes, um, yeah. because of these these rocks yeah. where there's a little bit more stability and malleability. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's probably it's like the difference between predestination and free will. 
right? Based on NDEs and things like that, there appear to be a mixture of it appears to be a mixture of both. Yes. Whereas there's certain events that you're destined to to confront in your life that you can't change. There's nothing you can do. They're coming. Yes. And there are other things that, depending on how you act in the moment, can drive certain other things, right? Like, yeah. did you decide to take heroin that one time? Well, yes. if you did, yeah. that's going to spiral your entire life into kind of a doom yeah. spiral. So, okay, sorry. I So, yeah, no. And, and that's what makes the whole thing even more complex. You know, the whole remote viewing thing even more complex. Because a question I've been asking for several years now as well, that it's like, you know, we have all these, amazing talented psychics you know we have people like ingo swan pat price and you know the people that i work with on a database basis get really great remote viewing data you know but yeah and you know joseph monegal paul smith you know limbo and all of them yet none of us are winning 100 million on the lottery that we is... can all nail other targets we can nail targets every day of the week and we've all tried, and there are people out there trying for years on end because I've worked with them, but none of us as a remote viewer is winning hundreds of millions on the lottery. And that can't be by chance. There has to be a reason behind that. Is Not this a single trickster? one of us? The trickster. That's what I think is that, yeah, there seems to be some kind of trickster. Or, or also, like, you know, what you were talking about just now, I also, I'm, I'm coming to believe that just because I want to win a hundred million on the lottery, because it make my life amazing. There seems to be some kind of universal destiny or go that if I did do that, I might right never off. do. I know, because I know, I know myself as a truthful person. If I did win a hundred million on the lottery, I would not do remote viewing as a job ever again. I would be on a beach somewhere for the rest of my life. But maybe really? that's you, wouldn't, not my you wouldn't do it out of sheer curiosity. No, I wouldn't. I would. Qu I'd quit everything. I'd be lazy. Yeah, see, I would I would be a lot less stressed and I would just I would definitely spend more time cultivating these sorts of things and I'd write I'd write lots of books and I'd live in the mountains and I would get a lot I, more. I think exercise. I'd be traveling the world in luxury. <laughs> so I'm just being honest, you know. So I yeah, know and, yeah. and maybe that's not my life go, because you know, I'm pretty convinced from some early psychic signals I had when I was fifteen years old. Because when I was fifteen years old, I was told to keep a psychic diary. And the very first thing I wrote is my entry in the diary is one day I will find a, a method to travel with, with time travel with the human mind. And then and years later, I went on to learn remote viewing. And so I do feel that remote viewing is my destiny. So yeah, I, I kind of coming to the belief or realization that there are other things in the universe that are affecting everything we do, including remote viewing and stuff. And just because we want it, it doesn't mean that it's that in within the life go or universal power. I don't even know what to call all this. It doesn't seem to be in the plan somewhere for us to do it. And that's why, you know, we do have instances of, of a couple of remote viewers winning very small amounts of lottery money. But, you know, that's why none of, our, of the tens of thousands of us have ever won the lottery. Hold that thought because we're, we're, we definitely have to do an episode on stock picking and cryptocurrency all in one. But I want to go back to Skinwalker Ranch really yes. quickly so what's your conclusion based on your remote viewing and others what the heck is going on there skinwalker it seems to be some kind of portal kind of interaction and it seems to be one of many places on the planet that are like it yeah there's one in at least that david morehouse reported like seeing with his naked eye 
above uh, Pueblo Alto in Chaco Canyon. Yeah. And that came about through remote viewing sessions that yeah. led them there. Yeah. So there are all these places, you know, and me living in the UK, I actually live uh, near an area, I live, you know, an hour's away from Stonehenge and Aysbury and all the ancient sites and where all the crop circles appear every year. So I think that there's several, one or several quite close to where I live as well here. I think they're distributed around the planet. So I think that these kind of weird places where interactions are happening, but the actual hitchhiker effect itself, I think the the actual effect has probably been documented since we've been looking at this. I mean, Jack Vallee wrote a book in the 70s called UFOs, The Psychic Connection. And in that, he was detailing how there was this kind of virability of paranormal experiences that seemed to follow people after having, you know, a UAP type experience. So I don't think it's anything new. I just think that we are now starting to maybe have the technology and the communication with the internet and stuff to 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 communicate the the you know this phenomenon a bit better than it is. But yeah, it's it's strange. It does seem to have a it does seem to have a non-human UAP connection at the very least. All right, my friend. That was fascinating. We're gonna have to do another one, not just on cryptocurrency and finance, but like on on these these topics because there's yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. If you enjoyed this video, hit like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.